0: bulls gold is delivered to you via the barroom network now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about chicago sports movies and more make sure to subscribe to the barroom network for free and easy downloads of its programming and visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts hoodies and mugs now on with the show
1: Shuler, joined as always by Salim Surawala. Salim, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, kind of, kind of dumbfounded here. Um, really thought, we're, we're recording right after this uh, Hawks game, the Bulls just lost. Um, kind of a gut punch. Mm. You had, you thought you stole the win here. With with the stupid foul by Bogdanovich on a fadeaway DeMar 3. Yeah. And then I don't know. There's, I want to add, I mean, our guest is, uh, we have had him on so many times. I want to ask him a couple of questions coaching wise. Yeah. um, About that last possession, the defending that last possession. Um, But yeah, I just like, you know, you give up the, the one shot that you cannot give up at the rim, the back tour. Lob at the rim is the shot that is the one that you can absolutely cannot give up. And that's what they gave up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. It was a it was a yeah. hell of a finish. Uh <laughs> they defended the that timeout play very well on the first try. Atlanta takes the timeout, goes back to the drawing board, comes back, and they get that back door cut and at first, I I did not think that uh, Griffin got it off in time. I thought he like maybe like held on to it a little bit too long when he clutched it, but he got it off with like at least point one to spare, and Atlanta wins. I I saw two chains celebrating. Uh, so I mean, it's it's all good vibrations in Atlanta right now, and the Bulls uh lost a game that they would have gone a, a long way as they try and build up a a win streak after. Uh, this road trip just ended, but uh, they'll have to wait until Wednesday when the Knicks come to town to start that back again. So, uh, we're going to get into some post game thoughts on this uh, Bulls Atlanta game. We're going to also talk about. Uh, Zach Levine, who's been playing better as of late, look, starting to look healthy, starting to look like he's getting into the swing of things, starting to get that, that bounce back that we're familiar with. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, some observations that we've seen from the Bulls offense, uh, as of late. And we're just going to get into some general thoughts about this team. So, uh, joining us is one of our favorite guests to have. He is amazing at breaking down the Bulls and uh, we were just having some laughs with him before we started recording about uh, the finish to this game that we'll we'll get into in a second. But, um, again, he's one of our favorite guests. We love talking to him about the Bulls. You can find him on Swish Theory, where he is hosting a podcast with our other good friend, Chris Avinson, Laro Golden. Laro, welcome back to Bulls Gold, man.
2: Man, uh, thank you for having me, man. I, I... Honestly, sometimes when, when I get that text from Salim saying, Hey man, we like to have you on, I get excited because it, it, I always have fun talking to both of you guys um about this team and um a little bit a little bit sour taste after the way they lost tonight. Yeah. Um but man, I'm I'm ready to go, man. I've been a little, little bit sick this week. So um, mm. but I, I think I'm ready to go and talk some bulls, man.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it is great having you on. We were we were just talking about how uh the Bulls should have had this win in the bag and you had the uh you had that post Bulls win glow on you. Like you were <laughs> <laughs> and me and Celine were just like, uh <laughs> why you, why you glowing like that, man? We just took it out so. <laughs> Dude,
2: so bro, you got so right. I I got off work at like 6:30ish zoomed home, usually takes about 30 minutes to get home. So I got mm-hmm. home and I was able to see a little bit of the third and then the rest, the whole fourth, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're, they're fighting, clawing back and forth. And DeMar gets fouled, fi- you know, last seconds of the game. DeMar gets fouled. Great, great play call by Billy, just to space the floor and get DeMar the ball, see what happens. Gets fouled. In my head, I'm like, game over. DeMar's mm-hmm. not missing these three free throws. Like, come on, game over. So he hits the second one. And then the net, the 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 third one just all net, and he, he just doing his little, you know, bench going crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Game over. Let me go help put my kids to bed. <laughs> so when I come down here, because I didn't even look at my phone for the update, because I was trying to zoom get my kids dressed for bed, and then come down here to get ready for pod, to pod, and. I'm getting on the pod. I'm like, yo, good, you know, blah, blah, blah. and they're like, no, the Bulls lost. I'm like, man, y'all turned the game off too early. Demar I fouled from three. He had all three free throws. Game over. We walking out of there. We stole the win. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you turned the game off too early. Unreal, man. 0. 0.5 left.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you. So that last possession, I mean, so they defended it well. And The first time, and Atlanta called timeout because they were about to get a five-second violation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then, the second one, you know, they switched up the play. They basically drew everyone out towards, like, the sideline, it looked like. Um, I might have to watch that again. I can't remember. But, essentially, they set it up a a, a backdoor alley loop. At the rim for AJ Griffin, um, and obviously JJ defended that poorly. Uh, but to you, it's like, shouldn't shouldn't the the Billy just have a couple of bigs out there just parked in the in the paint? Because like you can't get three second violation, you can't. There's no like you know like that's the one bucket you don't want to give up at the rim. A little soft putback at the rim yeah um even if even if they get a clean look off from the perimeter that that's a tougher shot because you're trying to fling it from like 15 18 feet out Right. that's preferable um like you, you, it makes you wonder like man what is billy doing there and you know we we talk about the adjustments billy because we're going to talk about stuff about billy you know the offense of when we can transition into that, but I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on that because I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Like I I get Billy wants to reward players for doing certain things. And we talked about I remember you and I talked about this in the past with him not putting Zach in for free throws. Like, Mm -hmm. like I get you want to reward certain players for playing well and doing certain things, but you need to coach the possession, not, simply I'm going to award a guy to be out there. You need to close the coach your possession as is to what the, that's best for the team in that possession. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you, like, do you think Billy really screwed up there? Like thinking, okay, I should not, I probably should have more bigs out there and, and he didn't do it when he had the opportunity to. So man, it, I, I think after
2: watching that play, um, what they did basically is it was a sideline out of bounds play. Um, and they had Trey set a, a rip screen, which is a back screen for AJ Griffin, which got the switch of DeMar onto um Trey, which obviously in a game late game situation like that should be a switch everything anyway to keep the ball in front. Um, but with 0.5 seconds left, I do think you have to take that into account. Like that lineup he had out there, um, I could. I could, I could, how can I explain this? Like with 0.5 seconds, like it goes to what you were saying, uh, Salim, like coach that possession, you know, like don't just reward a guy for playing well for the game, coach that possession. Now, if it was you know, five seconds. And I can kind of see the lineup he had out there because not, you got, you got enough guys to kind of switch everything. You got, you got, uh, you don't have really, you have one big out there. So if they want to run some type of action, some, some, you know, drag screen whatever, you could just switch everything because you got like size guys, but with 0.5 left, you got to have, I mean, you got to protect the basket. That's literally, you know, the only good look they could get with 0.5 seconds left and, what happened was is, is they once Trey set the rip screen, aka back screen, they got the switch. Trey actually you know loops around like almost like a stagger by I think it was Holiday and uh, Bogey, and what that did was is take the low man uh, out of the backside. So all they had to do it was that was the play they wanted the whole time out of the out of the timeout. You know they knew what they were doing. They they took the the guy away from the backside that could contest that that lob. So now it's one on one. The coaching point is is like. Even, you know, I, it's I I like I feel like this lineup that he had out there did it was okay. Like I feel like it worked out. But the thing is, is DJJ cannot let somebody throw him out the way to get a backdoor. Like that's the one mm. thing. Like he he got thrown out of away. He, he he played the the cut to the to the ball really well, and then he just allowed AJ AJ Griffin just to kind of you know body him out the way so he can get position. And all uh, Jalen Johnson had to do was just throw the ball at the rim and. It's tough, man, because you would think even at that level that you would understand the situation like, okay, I got to make sure that dude doesn't back cut me, you know, and it's tough because I think Billy did a good job, obviously, of having Vooch on the ball, having a 6'11 guy over the ball and, and making that pass tougher. But Jalen Johnson's very tall as well, so that doesn't really... Doesn't really hinder him as it, it, seeing the rim as much because he's still he still got a big uh, he he could still uh, he's pretty tall himself. Um, but my gosh, man, you would think that you would. Man, I mean, I don't, I, I got to be honest. Like I feel like that the lineup he had there was fine, but it just comes down to individual play. And D J J could not get moved
0: out of the way. Basically, he just basically get yeah. out the way. <laughs> yeah. So um, you're fine with the lineup. I think,
2: I think like, obviously, you, you know, I would probably try something wonky at the end, just having bigs out there because you know that like they can't come off a screen set, you know, and, and take a very good, like, you know, catch and shoot look. It has to be almost like a fling. Kind right. Of deal if it's farther out. Um, But, you know, and, and having a drum or somebody in the basket where like, okay, somebody big, yeah, more size up there would have been good. But at the end of the day, Guys have to execute. And and it's like you're not defending for two or three seconds. You're defending for 0.5 seconds. You, DJJ, you can, as good as a game that you've had, you had to end that game, like you cannot let AJ Griffin set you up like that. He let a rookie set him up like that. It's just, you would think as a vet, you would understand what they're trying to do to you in that situation, you know? Mm. So I don't know, man. That's a tough way to lose.
1: It's it's a heartbreaker for sure. And especially because, they came into this game with, I think, ideal rests from playing a back-to-back. They blew out Dallas without Luca the night before. So, I mean, the starters should have been at least somewhat well-rested, but they got into a really competitive game with the Hawks down the stretch that went into OT. So, I mean, they were fortunate to be in the situation after DeMar hit the free throws. But like you said, I, you, you have to just execute at the end of the day, and TJJ just got beat like straight up
0: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. it it just you know that was my original reaction like djj got beat and he has to defend that possession better like he cannot give up that that easy look for aj griffin um but i was thinking like you know maybe having another big out there would have been better like with size at least uh Have a better contest at the rim, even if even if they get that same look off, it's it's tougher to get it off over over a seven footer that's kind of arms over you, and you're not gonna get the as easier look in. So, but yeah, you know, you can have all these different conversations. That was a game that Bulls could have stolen, and and at that. We all thought that's what was happening because when DeMar got fouled, it's like 0.5 seconds left. He gets three free throws. This game is over, and you know this game is just not like that. (laughs) Sometimes it's just not. Uh, Bulls have, in general, the Bulls have gotten very unlucky bounces this year as far as late game stuff is concerned. Um, It's just what it is. Uh, Like okay, so let's get into. I know we used to. uh, I wanted to ask you about the adjustability and we can transition into this now for talking about the offense, uh, the adjustments and the things that the bulls are doing on offensively. Like you, Larry, you're always texting me about this. You're always texting me about how the bulls offensive sets are not very uh, creative. Yeah. Uh, just put it, put it very uh, <laughs> basic level. Um like you were always like complaining about it, because especially after that Suns game when you looked at all the sets that the Suns were running for Devin Booker to get him, so even even the stuff where he was, um, even the basis of like running a little a, 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 a nice little pin down for him to get him uh an open three, yeah, um, coming off the coming off the pin down and getting him the open catch and shoot three, um, and you were like screaming like why don't we do that for Zach Moore? Um, and sometimes, you know, the ball is looking swinging. The ball, they are running some good sets, and it's inconsistent. Um, yeah. well, I, I want to get your thoughts on, on the Bulls' offense in general. Like, what, what do you see out there that brings inconsistency, and why do you think they, they're they so inconsistent in, in how they operate offensively?
2: Oh, man, that's a – That's a long uh, answer. I feel like I I take a long answer, a long time to answer that. But uh, I'll shorten it up. I kind of feel like Billy is someone that likes to, and I'm the same way, even at a very low level compared to where he's at. So I like to empower my players. I like to allow them to kind of play free flowing. And, um, not really call many set plays, but you know, just allow, hey, let's let's set a drag screen and then we'll you know play off of that, Let's run a double drag and let's play off of that. you know, um, but i I, I think that sometimes as a coach, you do have to, uh, put your hands on the game a little bit more. like I like I'm so I'm I'm totally okay with you allowing Zach and Demar and Vucevic to kind of do their own thing. But I, and I think this is kind of like what a criticism of um, the the Raptors fans have of Nick Nurse is that Nick Nurse is kind of the same way where he doesn't really call much. He just allows those whoever gets the rebound, you bring it up, you initiate, and which I'm totally totally okay with as well. But I think like in certain, like for instance, um, we couldn't. The, the Bulls were tonight. Like there were a certain a lot of possessions where they really didn't get good looks. They, they it was tough for them to find good looks you know, Zach shooting contested jumpers, sometimes shooting jumpers that that he didn't really even need to take at certain points. Um and I think they found something that they didn't go to again. And that was Pat uh in the mid post area with AJ Griffin. Like he made like he made it look pretty easy uh, getting to the basket on AJ Griffin. And if there's something that was always a criticism of AJ Griffin coming out of the draft was he's not a good defender. And I thought that was something. And and this is that example is why I get frustrated with Billy is like, OK, I, this is what me as a coach. Well, I'm going to say, hey, let, let's get to that again. Let's get to that again. And once it doesn't look like it can be you can squeeze any more juice out of it, then we can move on. But let, hey, if they're they're OK with leaving Pat one on one with A.J. Griffin, let's let's see what Pat can do with it. And and I told I texted uh, uh, Celine this, uh, I think today, earlier today. Is I was actually going to talk about getting Pat some more like like mid post touches, but this was more towards I, uh, once I found out that he uh, Billy was thinking about moving him to the bench. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. After I found out he was thinking he was going to move uh, Pat to the bench, and um, because I thought and I know this is summer league, right? But I, I thought that you saw Pat like you saw him look very comfortable in those spots uh, on the floor. He catch it, turn, face. You know, he can attack and get to the basket, or he can turn and open up, and if that guy's giving him space, he can pull up and shoot the mid-range jump shot, and I feel like the Bulls have to find different outlets to find offense, and, you know, it can't be always, yes, the big three have to play well, but there are going to be nights where the big three aren't going to play well, so, like, where else are you going to find offense, and at the, mo- at the moment, it's almost like, okay, bring the ball up throw the ball to the top of the key. It, usually it's, you know, Vucevic. He turns it right away to, to the wing and he follows it with a pick and roll or a pick and pop. And then they move without the ball and they hopefully find something in that. And if they don't, okay, we're going to turn it and we're going to get another screen and roll. And then Pat's going to set a screen and he's going to turn and roll to the basket. Like it's a very easy thing to guard. And I And I thought like against, you know, as much as the Dallas game looked good, um, with the ball moving and everything, that team defensively is just pretty bad, man. I mean, Christian Wood is just t- terrible defensively, and I see why Jason Kidd just does not want to start him because you can't like like it, it's just he's yes, he can score for you. But like, my gosh, man, the bulls just you could just put him in action. You're gonna get something out of it, no matter what. Um, and I thought tonight, like you know, okay. Like for instance, uh, against Dallas, they ran Ram 77, right? Ram is a Ram screen is when, for instance, if Vucevic is going down to set a, what looks like a pin down, which is a pin down, uh, for for um, Demar, and what makes it a Ram screen is, is a Ram screen is when you screen for someone that's gonna go set a ball screen. Um, and which which ha- it has to look like. So, okay, let me let me bring it down. So Ram screen is not just like, you know, on the wing or anything like that. It's when you go screen, like almost like a zipper. When you go screen down on a block for, you know, Paul George comes off zippers a lot. Kawhi comes off zippers a lot. Where they come off a down screen, they pop out and they get the ball. So it, a Ram, you go down, you set it. DeMar comes off and he goes to set a ball screen. Vooch follows it and it, it turned into a double ball screen, 77. And I thought that like that stuff is yes, like that that is what you want to run more of, and you have and this is what I don't get. You Zach Levine, yes, he's a really good isolate. Well, at the moment he's still trying to get back to where he was isolate isolation wise, but he is someone that can play off ball. Why do we like run some stuff for him off ball? And that's what I was saying about the the the, uh, Suns game is that look what they're doing for Booker, right? Booker comes to set a rip screen. You know, he'll walk it down and then he'll get a pin down and that person assists the pin down goes to set a cross screen all and and what that does is that cross screen after the pin down, it empties that side for Devin Booker basically have one on one. And it's like, why can't we do simple things like that? You know, it, it's just so vanilla, the offense, you know, and, and then I get excited when I see something like a motion strong, which is when the guy, you know, the ball brings up the middle of the court, you swing it to a wing and then you go set up, you, you become the second screener for a stagger for somebody coming off this corner who catches it. And you can either get into a ball screen from the second screener, or you can just go one-on-one from there. And we, 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 and I loved it against, against uh, the Bucks because that is, I loved it because um, they put Vooch in the corner and they had Pat as a screener. And what that did is, is the way they were lining up was uh, Brooke would be the guy guarding Vooch. And then uh, Giannis will be guarding uh, um, Pat. And what I love about that is, is you're bringing Brooke away from the basket and that's where he's elite. And that, day. I mean, he's been elite this year as a rim protector and you brought him away from the basket. And one of the downfalls of Giannis is his screen navigation. He's not a very, he's not a very good screen navigator. So what you're doing is you're putting their two best defenders, you know, in positions they like, they don't like to be in and you're getting good looks off of it. Right. And and it's like, Billy, yes, that's what you want. You know, let's, let's run some different things to get these teams off kilter, get them, get them like, Oh, whoa, the Bulls don't usually do this, What what the hell, what action am I getting put in right now? You know? And it's like, we don't, the Bulls don't do it enough. And like tonight, like you just got to do different things, try a different set, run a different action. You know, why I just don't get it, man. And, and who knows? Like I said this before, who knows? Maybe, you know, I, you know, it ain't that easy, you know, but here's the deal. Like I see all these other teams, you know, trying things, the, the Detroit Pistons run different things. Like, you know, I, the Houston Rockets run different things, and they're and they're and they're you know a, a team that isn't as good as the Bulls, and it's just like I don't know, man. And I remember, and I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling, but the last thing I'll say is I remember we, uh, me and Chris, we had uh, Jackson Frank on the episode on our old Bulls on 101 podcast, and we talked about Billy Donovan and his thoughts, and he told us that one of the things that Billy Donovan is not going to really do well. He's going to coach your defense up. You're always going to have a pretty good defense, but offensively, you're just not going to be versatile. You're not you're, you're he doesn't do a good job of adjusting. And I know a lot of people have been calling out the, the lineup adjustments, but at at a certain point, we need some scheme adjustments to make the game easier. You know, why can't we make the game easier for DeMar? Why does he always have to break down guys to get to a shot? Why can't he come off a pin down or, you know, be, be a second screener and pop to the ball and now he has an easier look? Like he, these things like when i watch tomorrow the things yes he makes it look easy but at the same time he's an older guy you know him bodying these dudes at his age right now is wearing wearing on him a little bit and i know he dropped 31 but it's, it isn't he isn't making the game easier and and just running different sets and and have him coming off different looks like i just feel like that's what you want for him you know for the guys and um yeah, man, I went long, but that that's just where I'm at with the offense. I think it's just a little too bland, and he can do a little bit more, man. Maybe but isn't,
0: more. That's always been the criticism for Billy, right? He lets yeah. his guys do too much of what they want to do, as opposed to being strict mm-hmm. and saying, we need to run the offense this way. Yep. Um, and People say it oh, because it's a player's coach thing, but there isn't a more players coach than Monty Williams. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Monty Williams is the definition of players coach. Yeah, like he's a players coach for other teams' players. <laughs> like you know, like a lot. Everyone around the league loves Monty Williams and love playing for him. He's not a hard ass like a Tibbs or whatever. Yeah, um, but he got that Suns offense. You know, booming, booming, and. You, you say that like you can say that it's because they have Chris Paul, but they didn't have Chris Paul. They haven't had Chris Paul for a lot of these games this season. Uh, they've they have something set in stone, set in place now that you know the the way they run their sets is it, it's, it's second nature to them and. You know, you can say, "Well, you know, guys like Zach and Demar are not used to doing certain things." But like, was Devin Booker used to doing these things when he first got there? No, it's it's the process. Yeah. So it's just like you can make excuses, and like you know, Ed and I aren't like we don't we don't swing hard on on certain things. Like we're not like everything is this person's fault. Everything yeah. is this person's fault, and then it's not all Billy's fault. Right. Um, and for all the issues, there's so many plethora, plethora of reasons why this Bulls team is struggling for various reasons. Obviously, AK and Mark Eversley with the roster construction, they just have not provided enough shooting and guys wish that can shoot the ball. Um, you have obviously injuries, Lonzo Ball's bad luck injury. such a big part of what the Bulls do. You know, the things that he does great, like are the things that the Bulls really are missing, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the players, you know, like effort-wise, you know, you have to come out and be prepared to play. But then it comes down to coaching. It's like, like you can't just say, "Well, it's all on the players." Like then, why do we have a coach? <laughs> it's like, what the heck is the point of the coach? You know, there are certain things you have to wonder when, they, especially when it's been consistent throughout the coaches um career in the NBA where he's been criticized about like uh, like allowing players to just freestyle on offense whenever they want um and as far as how long the Bulls have he's been with the Bulls we've consistently had slow starts yeah so it's like something has got to get it has to be a collective issue here and yeah. I think that, that's where I'm at at the whole conversation with whose fault it is. I feel like there's a collective issue and, and, mm-hmm. and everyone is not doing their part. I guess I kind of rambled on and went on a long tangent here, but uh, no, I, I, just, I, I think you're, I really think you're right.
1: I mean, I think you're right. I think it is a, I, cl- a collective issue, like clearly, because it's a, it, it's a roster that has the talent, but is has glaring flaws. And there's really only, only so much that you can really get out of it. So I get it from Billy Donovan's stance at, from that standpoint, but you know, like Lero said, this team, and I I think they were guilty of doing this even last season, but they, they kind of play like a playoff style offense during the regular season. That's really heavy. And I think that's that, that's something that can look good when it's working, but it can backfire really quickly and be really predictable. So if you're not making it easier on guys like Zach to get, you know, a a little bit more diversification in the, the shot type of uh, the, the shots that they get, then you're doing yourself an easy disservice by not doing that. So, you know, it, it begs the question, why? Why not add these wrinkles to the offense? Why not try and mix it up a little bit to make things easier on Zach so that he, he can get in that groove and thankfully somehow he's getting in that groove anyway uh, with the offense that we're, we're uh, executing. But yeah, it's, it definitely begs that question.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> I, I totally agree with you guys. Like it's not all Billy, um, but at the same time, like small things, like again, you know, I know people are going to hear this and be like, ah, right, here you go. Larry again. With the Patrick Williams stuff, and and here's the deal: I know he was 0 for three from three, but here, like he 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 showed you, you know, hey, he can he can get a bucket in the post with AJ Griffin guarding him. If they're gonna, you know, show a bunch of attention to Zach and Demar, we know Zach. Uh, I'm sorry, we know Demar DeRozan is. You know, he continues to say, hey, I'm I'm, you know, he's not that guy. Like, oh, I need this many touches. You know, Zach doesn't seem like that guy. Hey, I need this many touches. Same thing with Vooch. It's like, okay. Well, where else can you find offense? Cause that's the deal It's like when the big three aren't making shots, who else can, can step up and make some shots?
1: Mm.
2: Well, okay. You, 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 had a matchup that I, at least for me, if I was in the game, I would've went back to it. And because I just want to see what it would look like on a second, second look, you know, um, if they're not going to bring and that's another point of, of, okay, let's say for instance, he does score two baskets and they go, let's say the bulls go to it again. And now the, 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 uh hawks like you know what let's send let's send let's late help or something like that Hmm. okay well now you've bent the defense now you found another pressure point for the defense but like he didn't go back to it and um i don't know man like again i know it's like you said um and like you know there's not a lot of talent on this team in terms of okay how can i say this like there is a lot of talent but like in terms of like offensive shooting and things like that like it's a it's it's harder yeah Yeah, and um so like I agree with you, man. Um, it's gosh, it's it's tough watching them sometimes, especially when it gets to the point where, you know, a certain, you know, a new action or a certain coaching point, you know, uh certain something you draw up in the in the uh timeout could be the difference maker. Cause once that game gets down in the fourth quarter, yeah. You need guys like DeMar, but at the same time, if you can have a coach that can put you in a certain set or a certain action to get you to come off a little bit easier or find your open better shots, I think that's what, you know, you see with Eric Spostra, you see with Nick Nurse, and you see with some of the best coaches in the game is that, yeah, they have these stars, but just because they, they're stars doesn't mean you don't you, you can't make the game easier for them, mm-hmm. you know? so Let me,
1: I, I wanted to get to this when uh, we were just supposed to record last week, but I-, I wanted to bring this up while we're on the topic of Billy Donovan. Um, the news that came out a few weeks back that he signed an mm. extension before the, uh, before or during training camp. But the team never announced that ex- extension. <laughs> Instead, uh, it-, it leaked on a, uh, on a Tuesday afternoon uh, during uh, the uh, U- World Cup game that the U.S. Uh, was playing. I I think everyone is still very confused about this timeline here. So admittedly, when I read this story, even if I'm not like, so I I don't understand why there's a reason to hide the story, because I think as much as we're talking about Billy Donovan right now and the things that he can do better, and we're talking about, flaws I think we all agree that he's at least a a competent basketball coach right yeah yeah like he's not someone that's bad like I think theoretically you could win an NBA championship with Billy Donovan as your head coach he won't be the reason that you win but I I think he's at least competent in that standpoint so it, it begs the question why did they hide this extension and go out of their way to bury it for months a, a guy that came uh, off winning, making the playoffs last year. Like, if I, I think that's a decent story. Like, oh, they, you know, he he came to Chicago, two seasons in, um, and got got that and ba- um got them back to the playoffs. I think that's yeah. a good story, a reason to sell an extension publicly, but they chose not to go that route. So, Lara, what did you think about this story and? can you make sense of any angle to why it played out the way of it that it did with no official team no official team announcement, just learning about it through a tweet from Sham Sharania?
2: (laughs) Man, I honestly, when I saw that update, when I saw that uh, notification, I was just like, what's the point of not telling, you know, the fans like, like it's weird it reminds me of, i hate to say it but it reminds me of like stuff like the white socks do or something like it's just like <laughs> this whole jerry reinsdorf you know way of handling things is like what are we doing like yeah i mean me myself like i would you know uh i could quibble with it but at the same time i understand it you know it, it does it? it matches up with uh zach's contract right if i if i remember right it, yeah is that how it goes so i,
1: I think so i'm not is it like a three year deal? Like I, I don't even know if we know any like. I, I thought it was a
0: one year extension. Is
1: it a one oh, it year? A extension? One year. Okay, so it was a one year. Okay, so it's a one
0: year extension. thought Okay. I thought I don't know. I, I, maybe there's something else that I missed. I thought it was just like a one year extension that they did.
1: So. Um, so nobody well, knows.
0: <laughs> exactly. This is this is bad that we you know. Like. God.
1: Nobody knows. The team has not announced it. If you. Don't follow Sham Sharania on Twitter. You would not know that Billy Donovan has a new contract.
2: <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, what is the point of making that? Because it would if, if they just would have did announced it in the summer. The you know money, the the years or whatever. Cool. Like we know it. Boom. But like now, it's like, what was the point of lying about that? Or not lying, but just not saying anything. You know? Like, I don't know. And it does, it does, you know, some of these decisions that Billy have been making in game and stuff, I guess it kind of makes sense now. Cause it almost, maybe he feels, he feels like he's empowered now with the extension. And, um, but yeah, man, I don't know how I've truly feel about it. I mean, yes, he's a, he's a, he's a competent coach. Like you said, he's, he's not a top 10 coach, but um, he's not, also not a bottom 10 coach. He's, you know, he, he, he's he's a competent guy, you know. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I if I said I would I would be I'm all for him being the guy, you know, for years to come. So, ah man, I just don't understand why they just couldn't uh, just tell us, you know, just like, why? Why? I don't know.
1: I, I don't mind it. I just wish like it's just a it's just the Bulls being weird for no reason at all. Exactly. And it just doesn't make sense why you would, again, announce that a head coach who just got your team back to the playoffs and into the drought got a contract extension. Even if I don't completely agree with it, from face value, I think it makes sense. Like, I, I, I couldn't really object to it. So I, I just don't know why you would go out of your way to just bury it like, there's some sort of scandal, or there's some sort of <laughs> like there's some, there's like the, there's a reason that people cannot see this, that the team cannot announce it.
0: Yeah, it looks so it looks <laughs> like it says so his contract was originally two years remaining on his contract after the 21 22 season. So, yeah, this year next next year left on his contract, um, which were expiring with DeMar essentially. Okay um now it says he's under contract in Chicago for several more years so I don't know if that means several <laughs> more several more including these two years or several more after the two years there's no clear there's nothing clear about it <laughs> I don't know it's just goofy I don't and'm I'm, I'm with uh, like I don't I personally don't think there's a reason to extend him like making the playoffs last year, I don't think that's enough to extend them. If they had won the mm. first round, that's different. Mm. But to me, it's like, look, you had you had more opportunities here. If you could get them, if you could have gotten them to a certain plat, plat you know, level this season, like you know, with let's say you know they've started off rough, obviously, um, and if they somehow bounce back and they make a run. Obviously this month is going to be a pivotal foot for that. Um, and and all of a sudden you see them heading into the playoffs in a reverse of last season, where last season they kind of limped into the playoffs, but this season they kind of would have potentially gotten stronger into the playoffs. Then I could see, okay, well, okay, now we want to extend you because you know you're doing a really, really great job but everything handed, you you know, everything handed to you, like the cards that have been dealt to you. We want to reward you for doing a good job with whatever, you know, go, with all the injuries you've got to deal with. And, you know, we, we have shorthanded you with our, our roster with shooting. I haven't given you shooters and blah, 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 blah whatever. But yeah, I, di- I didn't really get why they extended him. And the fact that they kept it a secret is also extra stupid. <laughs> like it just, I don't know, man. It, it's just annoying. It's just <laughs> annoying being a, a Chicago sports fan, man. It's, it's a, it's a goddamn job being a Chicago <laughs> sports fan. So true. <laughs> like this is like sports is supposed to be fun, man. Why are you guys like torturing us? Like that's why. I, like I like I'm like I have like a foot out the window on the Bears. Like I'm just in it for Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> like I got I got like uh I got like the socks that basically are my like oh the socks are gonna. Thanks for letting me know already, Sox, that I don't have to pay attention to you in the <laughs> summer. Gonna, I'm going yeah, to have open <laughs> – uh, my evenings are going to be open. And now the Bulls, I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But right now, obviously, it's been a rough start. I mean, I know we've all talked about it, there's some things to to see what happens with, with this month, uh, especially with them starting out of having the second hardest eas- – easily the second hardest schedule – And then Zach kind of figuring his way back in. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating.
1: I I just want to say – I just want to give like a special happy holidays to you and all of the fans who have voluntarily chosen to root for two Jerry Reinsdorf teams.
0: Oh <laughs> man, Adam's Adam, against the Braves. Adam has the Braves. They, they
2: won the World Series. <laughs> so.
1: look, look, look! The Braves are the Braves can be frustrating, but to see like to get two Bulls off seasons <laughs> from the White Sox and the Bulls is just. Yeah, I I feel for you and I see what people are like tweeting with like the MLB offseason right now and the Reinsdorf memes or there's something else.
2: And uh-huh. you, you're taking me somewhere I don't want to go. I don't I mean, want to. Just... go down
1: that road, man. I don't want to go down that road.
2: Yeah, all the <laughs> way from the hiring I, of Tony. Ah,
1: Look, I just ah. again, I just want to say happy holidays to all my Bulls and White Sox fans out there. Man. Things will things will get better.
0: There's, there's what it is. I don't know. Let, let's get back into some Bulls so, right. yeah, there's been there's been obviously shakeups. To the starting lineup. I mean, unfortunately, injuries kind of re, uh, made that lineup go back to what the previous lineup was. But I think Billy wants to start Caruso and Green. But I bet, but Green was available today, but he's so well with Pat, so I'm not sure if he's just gonna stick with Pat. Um, and I know to me, I think I like I.O. coming off the bench and Caruso starting. Um, and I thought with Pat, the way he can shoot the ball, he fits better with the rest of the starters Um, and a confidence level. And the way he, he's figuring out how to play. And I think he, he fits. He, he has really good chemistry with, with AC. Like yes. even from the preseason and even into the regular season, they see AC seems to do a good job of fighting him on cuts uh, to the basket. Um, and, and, Pat seems to feel a good confidence with AC as well. Um, so I thought like that lineup should remain. I don't know if, if Billy is gonna switch it back to Javante. And I mean, obviously, I'll love Javante. Like there's no hating on Javante obviously, mm. because like if you if you're hating on Javante, you're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. This guy <laughs> yeah. this guy goes out there and busts his ass every game. I don't care that he's consensus shooting the ball. I don't give a damn. Like the dude is a minimum contract player, like had no business being in the rotation before last season. And he, he played his ass off and he g- goes out there and, and he constantly is a big factor. He's forced
1: the uh, team for to the play ball. him.
0: Like, yeah, like, exactly. I don't If you're hating on Javante, <laughs> you're a, you're, I don't know what's wrong. There's something yeah, wrong.
1: With his you. hustle There's is something
0: actually wrong with
1: you. Yeah, his hustle um, is crazy. <laughs> like it, the fact that, we were not talking about him being a rotation guy at all at one point. And he literally just imposed his will and made them play him. And he just, whatever, wherever, whether he's coming off the bench or he's starting, he's going to have an impact on the game and I can't hate on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah. So, so let's talk about the lineup. Like what is your ideal starting lineup? I think. And, How how do you like the rotations? As in general, like how do do you think the rotations are looking fine too, or what would you like to see different? I
2: beginning of the year, excuse me. Um, I was all for Io starting over Crusoe because I thought that I could understand Crusoe starting at the beginning of the year, but I also think Crusoe is one of those players. As a coach, you gotta you almost gotta like protect him from himself. Uh, because, because he, he, he goes a hundred percent all the time, you know, getting on the floor for loose balls, you know, taking charges with, you know, he, what, six, four, he probably, he'll take a charge on a six, nine guy and have his body fall on him. You know, you know, he'll get in the passing lanes and, you know, he'll split dribble handoffs and his body's taking a beating because both guys are trying to block him from getting the ball and he's taking a, a sandwich hit, you know? And it's like, man, I would love that guy to play 30 plus minutes, but it's like, you almost have to, protect him from himself. Um, And I thought Io at the beginning of the year was, you know, playing really well, shooting the ball pretty well. Um, And the defense was fine. But I think my favorite lineup has to be everybody the same, except for Caruso being in the lineup, because Mm -hmm. I think Caruso can still be that, you know, as much as I like Io, he's not that communicative like player. That, you know, um Caruso is, mm-hmm. you know, Caruso can he, you'll, you'll hear him before, you know, the, the team, will, I, I, the team will be taking a ball out coming in. Hey, watch the back screen, Pat, Pat. They're going to come set the back screen. And then I'm going I'm to just, we just switch it. We just switch it. Hey, Zach, we be, hey, be ready to drop down you, before the ball even come across half court, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you already be like voicing everybody with what, what we need to be looking for, what they need to be looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think that he also relieves a lot of pressure on Pat in terms of him having to be that, you know, cause he has to be a, a rock solid defender in that starting group. If, you know, uh, you know, reset rim protection, you know, fighting through some, some, uh, some, some, you know, dribble handoffs and ball screens with Caruso there, he, that, that he can keep the ball in front, which makes the, 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 the defensive side of the ball a little bit easier for, for Zach and DeMar, but, also, it'll help Pat be able to, okay, see, it, it slows the game down for him a little bit. Okay, Caruso got over. Okay, I don't have to go all the way to that real right now. I can just kind of sit here and, you know, go on the next pass. You know, and as much as I love Io, Io's a really good defender, but, it, like, there's levels. There's levels to this. Mm-hmm. You know, Me- Meek Mills said this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think Caruso has is, is, is proven that even if he doesn't score, he affects the game in so many ways, rebounding, pushing the ball, pushing the pace of the basketball. And he also is unselfish, you know, and I think that's what, uh, you know, what Salim was alluding to is that, that him and Pat kind of have a, you know, they have a synergy about them. Like, you know, Caruso's always look for him. If he just that ball screen. If he's open, he's going to get that ball, you know, and He's a really good advantage creator. So you put another guy in 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 Caruso. That yes, Caruso isn't a great three point shooter, but he's not going to hesitate like Io can do sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. Io can really hesitate on his shot, except for against Dallas, he's knocking that thing down. But before that, he could he just he he went back to almost hesitating a little too much. Alex, if he's open, he'll shoot it no matter what. If he's shooting twenty three percent from three, he'll shoot that thing. Or if he's getting a closeout, he's going to attack, set somebody else up for you know a back cut or draw help and find the next guy. So Caruso, I can definitely see him starting. And I think, honestly, I'm looking at uh, cleaning the glass right now. Um, in 166 minutes, that Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Vucevic lineup is plus 18 with 121 points uh, per possession. Hmm. Um, that's easily the best lineup and I, it's obviously not as much as uh the you know io you know putting io in there but they're a minus 2.8 you know um i i i think that's the lineup you want to continue to try when caruso is back and in, in, um back going back right you know yeah. so i I think that's the lineup i want i do think the rotations are fine there, there are certain times where i think billy can fall in love with the lineup adjustment he made and forget about certain things that that you know, forgetting to, to bring certain guys back, even though, yes, they may not have been having a, as good a game as certain other guys. But, you know, I, I think sometimes he can get lost in his his rotations a little bit just because, oh, this guy's playing really, really well. Okay, let, let's get back to what we really, you know, we do well, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. So um that's where I'm at with Billy. Um Yeah. I, that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think part of me is always going to enjoy those uh, moments from last season when Caruso came off the bench because he Mm. he still brings that energy and gets the crowd into it. So I I do miss that. But it's pretty clear that – and it's been pretty clear since last season that he is one of our most impactful players and it doesn't really make sense to delay that, especially with the team and in its current state really needing – that impact from other players who are not a part of that big three. Like we've been talking about, like we kind of need what Caruso brings defense where he is kind of the quarterback of the defense and he can, has an impact on guys like Pat. So I I think having him in the starting lineup going forward and just continuing to exhaust that lineup makes the most sense.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I just keep looking at this lineup on playing the glass and yeah they, offensively they're scoring 121 points per possession but defensively in 84th percentile they're only giving up 102.4 uh, points per possession so it's like man it, it, that's something I would definitely be leaning on I would definitely try that you know um
0: and, and see where that leads you yeah percent I mean like I said it, it's like, I don't, I don't grudge too much about Billy. And I know there's a lot of, of the fan that just wants to blame everything on him. It's just yeah. my, I think, I think I'm just at a point where it's like, you can't just say that Billy has no control over, or not control, but no, um, there's not, there's not a way you can say that Billy doesn't have things he can improve on. They're just not. Right. Uh, regardless of how you want to characterize this roster. And like I said, we've talked about, yeah, the roster has flaws. And and it, there's a pecking order sometimes on things that are the problem. Like, you know, one being Zach's injury coming into the season is one of the bigger issues because he's working his way back and him not being that borderline all-NBA all NBA caliber player is a problem. You know, yeah. it just is. That, that's a big problem second being the shooting the roster just, roster just doesn't have a lot of shooting you know they i feel like you know so i i, I, I complain about the ball sticking a lot of the times and I, I guess the nba.com tracks passes and the bulls are up there in top two or three or top three or four and passes per game mm-hmm. but i swear like i mean i'd love to know what Constitutes as tracking of the passes because is it, just, is it just basic passes counts as a pass? Like if because a lot of times there's not a lot of ball movement in this team in this offense. Right. Like mm. the, we watch every game; it's not consistent ball movement. It's not like yesterday when the ball is swinging, you know, on the perimeter where they get Vucicic Vuch passes out and another pass is being made. You know, a lot of times this is a lot of standstill dribbling going on uh, with this team and that's not something we're making up either so I just feel like it's like man I don't know there's something more he can do there as well but yeah it's 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 kind of like a a thinking process and this understanding like like it has to be ways that Billy can kind of do something better than what he's doing
2: (laughs) Maybe he needs to hire an offensive coordinator or something, man. Maybe I don't maybe, know. maybe somebody that could just be that guy and just be a. Hey, don't ask me about offense, brother.
0: That's what <laughs> I pay you to do. You know, I'm like, no, I mean, so. credit, credit to him on getting this roster to consistently play defense. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, seven like, defensive rating right now. Like
0: you're missing Lonzo, and they're still, you know, finding ways to defend pretty well for what they have. Yeah. And I mean tonight. Tonight there were breakdowns, but even without Caruso, like they did the best they could. I mean, there were breakdowns defensively. There was problems for sure, but I mean, it's you know they were still able to have some good possession defenses. I mean, you got to give him credit there that he gets his teams to this team to defend consistently. Um, I just wish that that same focus could be on offense too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If if we could get some sort of balance, like, I mean, I I think you're right that you look at this game where, you know, there's, there's no AC and, you know, IO kind like struggles and kind of misses some time. And overall on the season, you don't have Lonzo ball, who is a key part to making all of his work. But then you look in the, the, uh, at the defensive rate and the bulls are top 10 right now, approaching Mm -hmm. top five. Like it's, Hey, hey, they're they're getting these guys to compete on the defensive end, and that yeah. <laughs> that's impressive as hell. Like I, I would not have expected this roster to be as very good as it has become defensively, given all of the circumstances. So I, I mean, Billy Donovan, again, we, we talked about it. He's a competent head coach. Like he, he he finds ways to at least maximize to some degree, I think, what you have, but yeah. I don't know like the, the t- it, at the same time it's like there there's clearly a cap on what this team can actually be and maybe they're getting close to it but I don't know yeah <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a tough thing because and I guess that's why everyone has been kind of like up and down with this team and kind of frustrated with watching some of these games and seeing a team that's been hovering around 500 for most of a season. So it's just been a little tough. Um, we talked about Zach Levine and how he's been playing and kind of bouncing back so far in December. He's averaging about 26 points a game on uh, about well, well, over 51% from the field. True shooting is above – uh. 62 right now. So he's starting to get back. Lyra, have you seen anything from Zach that has really been encouraging for you in terms of like getting, like starting to trust his knee more. We're starting to see more of that bounce shot selection looks better. Defensively, he even looks a little bit more engaged as well. Like what are the things that's really been standing out to you about his game in December?
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I just think that um, a lot of it is, it's like some of these shots are falling now. Um, and also Again, like you said, I, like you like you mentioned, I think he's starting to gain some trust in that knee. Uh, I think you're seeing it with some of the uh you know, nice footwork he's he's using to get to the basket. Um, he's starting to finish above the rim a little bit more. Um, and you know, I, I just think he's starting to get his confidence back. Um like tonight. I, I mean he took some shots that were probably in the possession or too early in the shot clock. Um you probably could have worked it around a little bit more, but like when Zach is when Zach is Zach, those shots usually go down, you know, especially with those types of looks that he was getting, he just, you know, front end or, you know, a little bit long. So um, I think, I think, uh, again, I don't think it's anything that uh, Billy is doing for him. I just think this is more on him that he's, he's just starting to feel better. Um, the ball, you know, he's not hesitating on certain shots. He's not pumping. He's just going right up into it. Uh, he's attacking closeouts. Um also, too, I mean, I don't know if we were going to touch on this or not, but, like, I I know tonight he had six turnovers. Or I think what was – it was six, right? He ended up six? Five or six he had yeah. And, tonight, yeah, and, and was, I thought
0: uh, – The game before last, he had, like, five or six as well. Um, yeah.
2: I, I, I thought before tonight, and and I got to say – I actually had tonight, seven tonight. I ended up uh,
0: having seven turnovers
2: tonight, yeah. Okay. Um, Some of the things that, like – I've always been critical of Zach. Is it's like, yeah, I know everybody says that you know he's a terrible decision maker and you know things like that, but I thought that I've been I think we also have been seeing him start to read the floor a little bit better. I just think there are sometimes he can it's 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 like watching Zach sometimes it's almost like when some of these turnovers you're just like you know you're wondering what he's thinking is he thinking about you know, what dinner he wants after the game, in the middle of the game, you know, is he, is he like, you know, thinking about his, his son, you know, like, it's just like, why are you don't, he does these turnovers, sometimes he doesn't even look fully engaged. Like he looks, sometimes it's, it's just like, like tonight, there was a certain play, I think it was bogey guarding him and Zach picks up the ball and he has the ball, like he's, he's palming it on his hip. And just passes it nonchalantly to uh, it might have been Demar I think it was but Bogey almost got a steal from it and I'm like yeah and he's just he, it's like he gets he gets lost like sometimes or he's just not super super engaged the way he should be sometimes
0: I also think he's like a robotic passer because mm-hmm. like I mean sometimes you see him make really good instinctual passes sometimes mm-hmm. but he's very robotic in the sense like okay I'm supposed to give a nice little you know bounce pass here to boot. Uh, who's rolling on? We have we have a nice screen roll set up. So I'm yep. supposed to deliver the pass to Vooch right here. And I'm just gonna do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. But he doesn't look like okay. I didn't make this pass right now because the defense read it. So I, this guy is gonna pick it off if I throw it right now. And it's just like not like I'm still just supposed to throw it. It kind of kind of becomes like I feel like mechanical for him at times when he's out there. He doesn't really like. He doesn't read the floor as well uh, naturally like he should. I mean, he, he's definitely gotten better because, like I said, he makes some good extension passes. Like last night he had this really nice skip pass to Pat. Um, that was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Like he get one-handed skip, getting Pat right in his bed basket. And Pat had that corner three, open corner three. And it's like, man, that's, that's the stuff you love to see. Yeah. And yeah. then there's other times he has a ball and he's like, dude, Zach, why did you pass force the ball to boot right there? Like,
1: yeah, it wasn't there.
0: There were just no reason to pass that ball.
1: Yeah. I, so, yeah, I would love to see. We, we, we've always been talking about it throughout the years about that playmaking part of his game and really just the general decision making. And I'd love to see it finally evolve over the course of his contract. Like, I I would love to see him kind of become at least more of an above average to good decision maker and to kind of really improve as an overall like playmaker or kind of like point guard at times as well. Like, I I think that's the I, I think that can be really the missing piece to really unlocking more of that of that game that really puts him in like the upper echelon of really good talent. Like he's already an all-star player, but if he would were to become something more, I think it would really be based on this decision-making and really being like dialed in fully for an entire game based on that. So we're not seeing those errors like uh, Laro said, where, you know, you have to look at the, you're looking at the game and you're wondering if Zach Levine is thinking about, the, the J.I.D. album that just dropped or, <laughs> you know, if, if he's, you know, trying to remember what song Ab Soul had on that new album that was really good. So you're, you're trying to just see him more locked in and not making those kind of like, like telegraphing those passes as much and really advancing as a decision maker.
2: Yeah, I, I find it funny, like, <clears throat> for instance, like I had a friend in high school, uh, really good player. And, um, he used to tell me all the time, you know, in, in, when we were in games, like, man, when I come off this when I come off the ball screen, there's are they're, you know, they're showing, you know, that backside guy. So I'm a, I'm going to skip it. So do you want to be the guy in the corner? Cause I know you can shoot it. So we could probably have my, you know, at the time, our friend Joe, he's like this six, 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 seven guy. So mm-hmm. we have uh Joe screen. And if they show on Joe, I'm going to skip it to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. I bet. I'll be ready to shoot. Mm-hmm. So. It works the first time, you know. They, they show on the roll. I get it. I think I hit front end. I think I, I think I hit front end. I didn't want to be that guy that line. Oh yeah, I, I, I knocked it down. You know what I mean? No, but I uh, hit front end or whatever. And but they but they gave it to me a second time. So he skipped it to me again. I got a close out. I attacked it and dropped it off to Joe. Third time, they the guy faked. He faked and then he stole the pass. And instead of being like, oh man, I got to read that better, he was like, hmm. that's okay. They're gonna do it again. I'm gonna just throw it. I know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Read him, read him. You have the ball in your hands. You read him first, you know. And and I feel like sometimes if it works one time with Zach, like he's like, oh, okay, yep, it's gonna be there. Yeah. And it's like, no, read it, Zach.
0: Read it, you know. So and know. Some, and sometimes he does, but the other mm-hmm. times he doesn't. It's just yep. like I don't, I don't understand the process for him. Like, like we've seen you do it. We've yeah. seen you make some good, like very tough passes that are not just, you know, easy repertoire passes, like like I just talked about the pass that you have to the path Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not an easy pass to make. And that's not very like not something just a basic robotic pass. You know, it's it's a very tough pass. You have to have a good feel for that to make that type of pass. But then, like I said, he, the very basic one is just a little lazy, little drop-off to Vooch that he shouldn't he shouldn't have forced and it just gets tur- turned into turnover. And it's just like, what were we looking at there, man? What were we yeah. doing? Like, yeah. So yeah. it's just frustrating about that. But let me let me ask you guys a question. So obviously we've talked about how the season started out, and they've started off rough. Obviously, they're, what, not four games under five or three games under five or four games under five? I think three. Um, three after a loss tonight. Um, oh, no, December sorry, in four. general.
1: You're, you're right, four.
0: Okay. But December in general is supposed to be the month that is softens up a lot, a lot of winnable games. Pretty much the rest of the games this month are winnable. Um Is this a make or break month for the Bulls season? Would you guys say that? like as far as what they can be for the rest of the year.
1: I think so.
2: I, yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, Ed. I, I think yeah. this is a big, big month.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is yeah. – you, you, you look at the schedule. You got – we were talking about it earlier. You got Knicks twice uh, this week, Minnesota, Atlanta, uh, Miami, Knicks again, Houston – Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland twice, Brooklyn, Philly. I mean, it, it gets a little, or well, now I'm going into January, but, um, you know, you, you look at the rest of this month and, you know, there's a <clears> few <throat> tough teams with Cleveland and Milwaukee, but this is a winnable stretch. <laughs> and if you, th- this is why this game tonight hurt because it, this was the difference between being two games under 500 going 12 and 14 and then you beat the Knicks you're at 500 all of a sudden and then you're facing Minnesota and Miami which are winnable games so th- this is an extremely winnable stretch and if the Bulls find themselves still under 500 after this it's not going to be a good sign for I think for the rest of the season because it, it, I mean the schedule is going to get harder and we really don't know if reinforcements are coming, like we don't know if Lonzo ball is going to be back at any point. Um, it seems kind of grim on that, on that front, but and we don't really know if there's like really a trade that they can make that can really turn the season around. So yeah, like to, to have that puncher sh- like chance, you really have to finish this month strong, I think.
0: So let's look at the schedule, uh, or the teams of this remaining of the schedule, um, now they play. There's like only two teams that they play that it's like okay, this is, these are tough games. But the rest, the games, the rest of the game – So they got two games this week against the next both at home. Are below 500. They're struggling too. Um, I think uh, Ed mentioned that Brunson might be out at least for one of them. Uh, Timberwolves, they've struggled. They're like they're bad vibes. At hasn't been playing well. Um, he it's been a rough adjustment for him. Play with uh, Rudy. Um, their transition defense is awful. Like half court defense is great. So I mean, ideally, the Bulls are smart and they'll be trying to push the pace as much as possible against the Wolves. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's been bad. Miami again, a team that's been struggling just like the Bulls. Like they've been up and down. Obviously, it's in Miami, but it's still. That can be a winnable game. Like it's not a team that's been really just taking control of of what they have, uh. And we faced them already. Yeah, they are over the season without Zach. They beat Miami, um, again at Atlanta. We them again tonight. Obviously, Dejounte probably will be back by then. Um, but maybe by then we'll have Caruso and hopefully I will be okay and Javante will be back in regular force form. Um, again, then we play the in New York. That's a winnable game. Uh, a tanking Rockets team. The Bucks game is at home, but it's still going to be tough. It's the Bucks. Uh, Pistons is again a tanking Pistons team. Um, that's a very that's a very winnable game. And then you finish off against at home against the Cavs. Again, a very good team, a tough team. But like I said, all those teams except for two, uh, which are the Bucks and the Cavs. Like you need to go. What was that? Ten teams I listed off. Ten games I listed off. You you ideally want to go like probably like seven and three at least, right?
1: No, that's exact. Yeah. I think that's exact, and that's I think that's giving room for error too. Because like I'll, I'll give them one game that they lose just for whatever reason. Yeah, you you have to go at least seven and three in this stretch. If you lose to Milwaukee and lose to Cleveland, fine and lose to, I don't care, you you, you lose to uh, Detroit, I don't care, at home, I don't know, I don't care, just go seven and three in that stretch, and you find yourself, um, what would that be, 20 and 18 heading into January, I think that's good, like, I'm not saying that the Bulls are a good team, but I think that's, that's something, right, like, you can, you can do something with that.
2: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think in the month like this, you got to find a way to get above 500. You just you just have to. Yeah. Um. That you you can't you can't con- continue to have aspirations to be in the playoffs, and rather than and and, and not the and even not the even the playing. I don't even think we are in the playing right now. No, no, no not we're not. They're
0: just half a game outside the plan.
2: Yeah. Uh, so it you know you you got to find a way to get above 500. You just have to. Like, tonight, that should have been a win. It should have been. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: they should have won that. They should have stole that game. They should have been – a. they should have – after those free throws made by DeMar, they should have defended that last one well, and basically it should have been the Hawks trying to shoot, like, a 15-footer push shot or something like that, yeah. 18-foot yeah. push shot or, or having to chuck a three from back there or whatever. Um, the thing, that's what it should have happened.
2: I do, I do have a like. It's weird, right? Because, like, how do you like you? How do you guys feel like the the Bulls have played against the top teams
0: this year? You know, you've had good wins, like, like somehow Boston, who can't lose against anyone, has two losses. Like, what is it? Okay, so they have six losses, but that's what a third of their losses against the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, the the going into Milwaukee, you beat a really good Bucks team.
1: <laughs> um, they beat Utah on at Utah.
0: <laughs> I, in Utah, yeah, I mean the Jazz are Jazz have been us one of the surprising teams this season. You know, it's you they've been good teams. It's just like they've had letdowns against the bad ones. Like there's yeah. there's three specific losses that stick out to me to. Till now it's a loss against the Spurs to start to see in the early part of the season. Even without Zach, that's just a little bit of a win. You lost to the Magic and then you lost to OKC. That's three wins. You take those three wins and take those three wins, they're sitting fourteen and thirteen right now. And they would be safely in what? Let's see. If they're they're fourteen and thirteen right now, they would be Tied for like the seventh and eighth, like a, a three-way, four-way tie with the Hawks for the seven, sixth, seventh, and eighth. The,
1: this Bulls so team, like, it, 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 they're just they, 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 they are who the other team is. <laughs> like it, most nights, like they are who the other team is. They're mystique from X Men, like. <laughs> they, That's who they are. It, they need to beat Utah to beat Utah. To, they'll do that. Um, it, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they play a team like the Hornets and lose. Like, it, it's just like, – like, we were talking about this with Rob Schaefer, like, a few episodes ago. It's just like they, they just seem to play up or down kind of to whoever they are, and it's disappointing. Like, I mean, you want to see more games where they show that they can be – Something a little bit more, but I think that just kind of goes back to they just—I don't know if they really have that, you know.
2: So true, and and that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, man, should we be worried that there's not really a ton of good teams in this stretch? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, golly, like, can we get the Boston's and the the Celtics? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, so rest, you know?
0: <laughs> looking at the expanded record of this team, so they're seven and ten against teams above five hundred. And they're 4-5 and against teams below 500.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they have a losing
0: record against teams below 500. Now, it makes sense to have a losing record against a team above 500. Like, I mean, unless you're a really great team, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, More than likely, that's going to happen. Like, you know, even... You know, even like the Memphis Grizzlies are a five hundred against teams above five hundred, and the Grizzlies have been pretty good. But yeah. they're taking what the Grizzlies are doing though is they're actually beating the teams they should beat. Like they should nine be. and one against teams below five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, if the Bulls could, if the Bulls were uh, eight and one against teams under five hundred, you know we're we're sitting here. Feeling
1: a little different about this team. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't that like like it, it's just so funny how everything changed from last year? Like last <laughs> year we were beating the teams we were supposed to beat, and we couldn't beat the teams that everyone wanted us to beat. So we were bum slayers and stat patterns. And now we're actually playing relatively well against like good Teams, I think, like seven and ten is not great, but like that's right. better than last year. Now yeah. we can't beat the bad teams. It's like I, I mean, hovering
0: I, if you're a, like if you're not a contender but a solid playoff team, hovering around five hundred against five teams above five hundred, hmm. that's probably ideal.
1: Yeah, that like that's fine. Like you know, they they just can't. They don't they they don't have bump slaying powers this year. Yeah, <laughs> like even even
0: the Cavs are. Who, who the Cavs were 17 and 10, they're six and eight against teams above 500. Yeah. Like, but, they, but they've taken care of teams below five 11 and two. Uh, yeah. Against teams below 500. They're, they're just, you're supposed to beat this, these teams. No excuses. I don't care if you don't have Zach. This yeah. is a Spurs team that is trying to <clears throat> do these games this season. They emptied out a roster. They traded DeJounte, they're playing the young guys, they're trying to lose. Uh, Magic, like, the way they came out that game, it was just inexcusable. Like, how do you come out like that against an Orlando Magic team at home? Dude, what are you guys doing? You know, people complain about how that game ended and blame Billy for not having Zach out, and I'm critical of that myself. But in the end, it's like, dude, that should never have come to that. Yep. Like, against the Orlando Magic, like, we're coming out to last-second possessions against the Orlando Magic at home? Like, what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they need to start winning these teams, beating these teams that they're supposed to beat. Like, they have to. They just have to. And that's how you get back and crawl back into this playoff race. Yeah. I, they have to start beating these teams. They just have to.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's what is is really most disappointing about all of this because they have had DeMar hasn't DeMar Vooch. Like Zach is getting healthy. Like these guys have been playing together and they can't beat these teams who are like, they can't do what and granted, you know, Dallas without Luca is such a different um, quality compared to just, you know, maybe bad teams in general, but we want to see more of that against the teams that they should beat. And we haven't really seen that on a consistent basis. And that is really what is becoming the story of this season is that again, they are going to play up or down to whoever is on the other end of the court instead of just really being a solid team or a competitive team on their own. And that's, gonna kill them so if 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 we're looking at the rest of this month and we're gonna go back to seven and three if to me if they do not finish this month seven the rest of this month seven and three it's not gonna be good uh at all and if, if they are even below 500 still after this i I think that's kind of it. <laughs> like, I, I don't have anything else much to expect if they they can't win these games. So
0: Yeah, and it, it's become so tough about taking and blowing it up and stuff because it's like, man, they don't have control over their pick. Like, I can just imagine on dra- on lottery night, you know, the Bulls <laughs> don't move up into the top four and are, are five or six. And they they <laughs> traded, they started over to give the fifth or sixth pick to the Orlando Magic. It, like, it, man, that's just that's a that would be a gut punch. That'll be how big of a gut punch would you be? And how tired would you be seeing all over Twitter and all over online the a meme of Vuk for Wendell, France, and number five pick? <laughs> It, that shit would just piss you off all yeah. summer long.
1: It, it's just not even realistic to think about tanking because, like you said, it's it, you're you're very well in a situation where you're going to lose games and you don't even get your pick, so it's a waste of time. <laughs> like it, yeah. like that that it's just it's just unproductive. It's like, <laughs> and you're yeah, yeah.
2: It, I I just. And I know, you know, when people talk about, you know, man, Lonzo is so huge to this team and, you know, and there are some detractors like, oh, you know, yeah, we miss him. But at the same time, like the Bulls are kind of, you know, still shooting the three at the same type of rate and things like that. But I think what you really miss him is that he's, he rebounded the ball really well for for his position as well. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, when, we, when the Bulls did get those stops, he was able to get rebounds and get find us easy baskets, you know? And that, that kind of mitigated some of, like, you know, the lack of three-point shooting. And I think now when you lose that guy, that guy that can consistently find you easy baskets through transition, now it just puts so much more pressure on this team, <clears throat> excuse me, being able to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And and you go back to some of those like, you know, teams that are under 500, like if you have, if you, you may be 500, but if you have some shooters on your team, like you're going to have a chance against the bulls because most of the night you're going to be playing two versus three, you know, mm. because of how much DeMar gets to the, his spots. And, you know, Zach is, I think he's, he's shooting 36% from three where he's usually 40 plus uh percent on eight attempts, eight or seven, eight attempts. and, You know, maybe uh, Pat could get his three point attempts up more. Uh, He's right. I mean, it's up. You know, his you know last two years have been like around one, one point whatever, and then last season one point seven, and now this year is at three uh, on the on the dot. Uh, Maybe he can get those three point attempts up more. But I think this team right now, and I'm not. I haven't been super critical of AK because I maybe I'm a little too optimistic about certain things. Um, but like this continuity thing, I I get what he's trying to do and I would probably get it even more if Lonzo was healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, if Lonzo came back into the season, he's good. Then I can understand it, you know, but like they had to know, like, I I don't, I don't know if I want to believe that they didn't know that it was going to take this long. Like they had to have a feeling that it could be this long of a recovery for him. And if that's the case, how could you have not made more moves? You know, Goran Dragic has been pretty damn good for what we, what, what we, what most Bulls fans thought he was going to come in and be. You know, Drummond has been really good, but you need shooters. You know, you need to be able to shoot the three better. It, it, it's it, I, me as a, you know, somebody that loves this game, and I'm pretty sure you guys as well. Like, and when you look at that box score and you see Bulls three for 18, you know, I don't know, the, the Houston Rockets so, nine for 20. They it's were... like,
1: they were seven for twenty-seven from three tonight, and they lost by one. <laughs> it's
2: it's it's like what? A, like guys, like like AK. What a, what are you? Are you really that hamstrung by the ownership or something like that, or are you just really just like ah no, we'll figure it out? It's like I love Demar. I truly, truly love Demar Derozan. But you know the other guys like Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, even. Like those dudes can shoot the three. Mm. You know, so like you 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 you're missing that 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 you know, especially when Zach is not the guy he is yet. He's getting there, he's grinding back there, he's getting there, he's clawing back, but he's not there yet. That three-point shooting percentage has to rise up from Zach. We need we need him to be able to shoot that three a little bit better than 36%. Um, and I think that's the missing ingredient, man. Like they need more shooting because the defense has been great, has been playing pretty well. But the, you know, the spacing and, it, and I, I, I kind of get the way he wants to run the offense. But it's like when you don't have that, the shooting surrounding all of this it's kind of tough to 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 get points and ground up points after, you know, night after night. And just like tonight where the, the Hawks threw a zone out. And that kind of throws off your rhythm a little bit because you don't have zone busters all over the floor,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And so it just kind of hampers everything down. They saw how well you know Vucevic did uh, passing the ball out of the post, so they said, you know, let's zone up and keep keep that aspect out of there, and let's have those guys uh, shoot the ball and see if they can beat us that way. And it's just it's frustrating yeah. sometimes watching the offense because just just one more shooter. Just like one or two it's hell Two, please or somehow, but like at least one, like we need need another guy that can shoot the ball from out there, man.
1: Yeah. It, it, the bulls became just an average three point shooting team. It would represent even just slightly below average. It would represent a really significant upgrade, but yeah, they're just, we, we, I keep coming back to the word capped and I think, the fact that they are not a high-value three-point shooting team represents a lot of how they are capped into being a pretty solid team this season. And on top of missing Lonzo Ball, those things are just... They're they're, they're looking really badly in terms of how this team can really be successful in spite of that. And... It, it's it's a very possible it's a very possible scenario right now that last season's team could be the peak of what this kind of nucleus <sighs> is able to do, and yeah. I think that hurts even more. Um, you know, of course, Lonzo got hurt, but the fact that they didn't they weren't able to make a move last year to take advantage of any of that take it to take advantage of being a top the well the number one team in the uh, East at one point. They weren't able to take advantage of that, so it, it, it's kind of like you're just trending downward.
2: Mm, man, oh man, it's 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 frustrating because you, you watch a game tonight or many other many of the other games this season, and you're like, man, like that's where you know, it just forget about the defense for a second, but just like the defensive rebounding and t- turning that into easy transition buckets. Like you, hmm. Oh man, like it happens. It still happens. But at the frequency that, that Lonzo would turn that stuff into offense is just what's really missed. Maybe it's not even, maybe it's not a full out fast break. Maybe it's semi transition and he's still able to find guys. It's just, you're missing that ingredient, man. Yeah. You really are.
1: Yeah. It'll, it, it'll be interesting to see. We're, we're talking about, how they're gonna finish the rest of December. It'll be interesting to see if his team disappoints and they aren't going somewhere around like that seven and three like we've been talking about, how that affects what AK and Eversley potentially look at doing with his team uh in the new year with yeah. the trade deadline approaching. So they if, if they want to keep any shot alive again, they they gotta they gotta take advantage and they gotta put these teams down. They gotta bump slay like they never bump Slay before. Yes, so exactly. uh, they 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 need to they need to kick some ass. So um we'll yeah. we'll see how the rest of December uh goes. Uh Lero, this has been fantastic talking to you about uh about what the rest of what this team is gonna do the rest of this month and reacting to a crushing Atlanta loss that uh, you thought originally was a win. We wish it was a win. That would have been great. But uh, th- this has been a, a great time talking to you. Can you let you let our listeners know what you got, what you've been working on right now at Switch Theory and continue just to plug what you guys are doing?
2: Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, Switch Theory is kinda, it's, it's turning into a nice venue for anybody that's, you know, in love obsessed with the draft coverage Mm -hmm. um we there's so many talented guys that have um you know came on board to contribute to the site um scouting ports are coming out every every uh beginning of the week every monday we try to some some sometimes tuesdays uh trying to get you know updated scouting reports for some of the better prospects in in in, uh college uh, basketball right now and also maybe some long shots guys maybe some guys that you know, your Jabari Walkers, you Hmm. know, your, you know, um, you know, your Colocos that were that went in the second round, you know, guys like that, that maybe people aren't paying too much attention to until uh, you get closer to the draft. Trying to highlight some of those guys. Um, And as for me, uh, I have a scouting report coming out um, very soon. And um, just, you know, also, again, I can't really announce it yet because it isn't full go, but um, there should be some news coming out tuesday maybe wednesday about me as well so I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to that news and other than that man swiss theory swiss theory podcast finishing touch podcast for uh swiss theory if you uh, you know you want to get into kind of the 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 details of scouting and whether it's you know uh, hip flexibility or footwork or you know shin angles if you're into that type of stuff finishing touch it podcast is all all you want all you want um, and as for me and Chris, we, we're, we we try to dive into a certain team every week and bring someone on that is in that, um, you know, whether it's Magic, Twitter or, you know, whatever team, you know, whatever team that, that has a, you know, kind of maybe doesn't work for the team and freelance for the team, but it has a podcast or somebody that is writing about this particular team, we want to bring them on and uh, have them kind of like let them cook and talk about the team and you know, and uh, that's what we're trying to push for with this. With Switch Theory, is kind of grow it that way. And yeah, man. I mean, that's about it. I mean, I know I talked a, a while and said that's about it, but that that's about it, man.
1: No, love it, man. Love it. You and Chris are killing it at Switch Theory. Love, uh, love the podcast right now. I love the draft coverage. Even like I like the uh, the graphics that you guys have been using on the website as well. Those have been really fly as well. So yeah, you guys are crushing it.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um.
0: Yeah, 100%. You guys are
1: awesome. <laughs> 100%, hey, hey, 100% efficient.
0: No count. <laughs> no
2: count, you guys bro. are awesome as well, man.
1: Salim, <laughs> oh, any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up, man?
0: No, you know, I, I love Lero. Lero is, you know, him, him and I, it's, it's funny, you know, I, after, after you turn 30, it's harder to make friends. Uh, new friends, and Leo has become one of my closest friends. Hmm. My dog, um, you know, this guy's this guy's my homie. So like, um, it's fun to you know know him, know get to know him, and man, as a basketball mind, like, not there's not many out there that are better.
2: Yeah, smart as hell. He's, he's, I appreciate
0: y'all, dude, man. This dude knows the game, knows the damn game, and he's gonna be doing basketball work for his career at some point. It's gonna happen. It's not. It's not about if. It's about when. It's gonna mm. happen. Like it's, it's I hope gonna so. be. It's gonna be. Uh, one way or another, something in basketball is going to be your career. So that's for sure.
2: I can send that um, email to yeah. Jeff Bezos like, I'm out.
0: I'm <laughs> coming <Yeah>. back. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> get the hell out of Amazon. Yeah, uh, man. But yeah, it's, uh you know, and then switch theory, yeah, you and Chris, you know how I feel about your guys' work. You guys are very knowledgeable. Uh, I love, hmm. I've loved each episode. Uh Bring on new guests, the Caitlin Cooper one. Like Caitlyn Cooper. That you yeah, talk about someone that no, she's great. doesn't know more than Caitlyn Cooper is the best of the best. Like I think she i not think she is the best basketball mind on the she's NBA unbelievable.
2: Twitter. She's unbelievable. Like I don't think yeah, there's right. anyone
0: better than Caitlyn Cooper. And that episode, like I listened to it twice and I know you guys are talking about the paces and that pace paces too. Ooh. They yeah. have some they have some dudes. They have some dogs. Ali meturin. M- M- um, your guy, uh, what was his name? Um it was uh, Oh, Andrew Nembhard? Yeah, uh, Nimhard. Uh, Nimhard. yeah, he's been killing. They, they got some guys, man. And, and and you were talking about the sets that Carlisle Carla has them running. Ooh, that's Dude. a that's a team right there. That's Dude. a
2: squad. Let me tell you something. And I, when uh when uh Caitlin Told me towards the end of the podcast that like I'm I have a pretty good basketball mind, bro. That, that it was like I don't know, like when uh, Kobe got you know that you know that word from Mike, like man, okay, yeah, you could play fella.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, man. it's yeah. like you know we tell you, but we're not basketball mind. So when someone that's like the goat tells you that, that definitely carries weight, bro. <laughs> like.
2: It, she is unreal man like how her brain works is so cool and if you haven't listened to that podcast you know anybody that's listening you should you should go listen to that episode because i kind of i kind of do this towards the end of each podcast where i ask you know what makes our guests love basketball and kind of what pushed them into you know working in basketball and what made them love it to the point where they wanted to work in in uh, basketball and and uh she really went into some some detail about what made her love the game as much she loves it and yeah man she she's she's really cool
0: yeah um that but yeah just get into that that was a great episode but there have been a lot of good episodes that i always like you look you know it's a good if you're if you're an nba fan and you want to learn about other teams uh like what they're doing because obviously it's hard to watch all teams when you have a job and a and you have family and kids and things that you that you have to keep after um I recommend listening to this theory because Chris and Lara do a great job of bringing in guests from that cover other teams and you know really get into like some of the things that that te- those teams are doing uh to make them successful and things that maybe they can do better and you learn about that kind of stuff so you get a good feel about another team um obviously we're all Bulls fans and hmm. we watch the Bulls like constantly but sometimes you don't get the opportunity to watch other teams like that right like i watched the espn games sometimes i watched tnt games but i'm not really watching a lot of i'm not following a lot of these teams closely and trying to understand what they're trying to do individually
2: yeah uh, like i
0: do with the bulls so it's always good to hear these type of uh, conversations from people who do follow the teams so closely um and yeah you guys are doing a great job there but yeah Hopefully, like I said, we talked about as far as the Bulls are concerned, man, like yeah, they need to go ten and three. Uh sorry, seven and three for the rest of this month. Must. That needs to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: They have to. And they they, they can't like, you know, next week, the home and home against the Knicks, man. Um they have to win both those games. And by the way, I'm going both to both of those games. So I don't I'm taking Lero nice. to the home game, the first game, because I won Bulls, I won those tickets.
1: Yay. nice uh, I, I, I i
0: yeah I, I entered the the bulls discord giveaway and i looked and i said oh they actually selected me and then i looked and <laughs> oh, crap, they're actually really nice seats Ooh. they're 100 level seats so oh, wow. uh, Let's go. uh, we're gonna be getting. yeah yeah so we're going that and then i decided last night to buy the uh it's a chgo they're doing a oh, little, the diehard uh,
1: yeah yeah so
0: they did a yeah the diehard thing i decided to uh buy that, so I'm gonna go uh, with the CHGO squad: Matt, Dave, Joey Spades, um all the other CHGO people. I'm sure will be there too. Dope. Uh, I don't know if Will will be. I don't know if Will will be there because <clears throat> he's in Brazil. I don't know when he comes back. Wait, I gotta ask um, Will, man. What is this Brazil thing? Is he is he Brazilian? I don't know. I, no, he's not Brazilian. I, I don't know if he has girlfriend's Brazilian. Oh, or okay. fiance I think it's fiance. Came. Okay. I don't know, but he may he just like he could just like Brazil. I don't know. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, don't hey know. going to Brazil yeah, just to go to Brazil is not, hey, not wrong with it. <laughs> Brazil is nice. Brazil is yeah. nice. Yes, there, it is. Nothing wrong with it. It's not It's nice for many reasons, but yeah. uh, <laughs>
1: it's nice. That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> that is a fact.
0: No, uh, you uh, but nice. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's. uh, No, but it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see who's all going to be there. But it'll be fun. It'll be a uh, funful for, event for me um yeah that's all i got uh, i don't think uh any more thoughts in my head uh, at this point
1: all right all right yeah it's uh seven and three that's what we're that's what we're hoping for seven and three out of this uh out of the rest of this month but uh that concludes today's bulls gold as always check out our past shows on the barroom network we're on apple we're on spotify wherever you get your podcasts and thanks for tuning in. So for Salim Sudwala, I'm Edward Schuller. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, on Bulls fans.